welcome to the Haunted Ride. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Haunted Ride. I'm your host, Melissa Cummins, and thank you for joining me today. So, I know we don't do episodes today, (laughs) but uh, let me explain why you guys have an episode. So, I love you guys dearly. I think you guys are all amazing, and I appreciate every single person who decides to tune into this podcast. The interview that I did with Courtney and Andreel was almost three hours long. So when I originally cut the first episode from the portion, I thought I was going to include more. Like, I thought I was going to kind of keep going a little bit further into it. But the next question I asked was on a completely different topic. And whenever I break apart the audio when I have interviews and I'm saying, okay, you know, this is going to be one section, this is going to be another, I don't do it based on length because I don't want to make you guys have an incomplete topic. I do it based on, well, what in my mind sounds like chapters. So the first one was about, you know, Courtney and Andrell's um, podcast and some paganism and Wicca and the differences and energy and connections and all this type of stuff. But the second question is a little different. And it was a little different because I heard it pop up when they were talking about it. And I was like, oh, this is going to be really, really cool. I'd really love to know more about this topic and more about their experience. And and it will also kind of break us into the experience portion of the episode, which is um, how we even got together to start talking about the episode and having an interview to begin with. Because this is like a conversation and they hit this amazing, like interesting, I mean, the whole conversation was incredibly interesting and mind blowing for me. And I just really appreciated their entire, all of their time and effort with my thought process of chapters and things like that. I realized that the first section was clearly a chapter. This section was clearly another chapter. And then the third section was another chapter because it was just experiences. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) You know, it would it would be okay if it wasn't really long, but I still had an hour and 41 minutes worth of audio left, not including me doing these intros as I typically do on every uh, every episode and what I call like the sort of exit conversations. That's just like chit chat and you know, the happy thoughts with you guys and stuff like that. And I was like, by the time I do all of that, it's going to be a two hour long episode. I've never done a two hour long episode on the show. And I feel like that would be too much. Like, I really feel like it would be way too much. So decided to break this up in order to do that. So it wouldn't be boring and three, three weeks worth of interviews. And you guys kind of be like, well, you know, do something new. Like, I want you guys to do something new. I just decided, hey, we'll release an episode in the middle of the week and then do the last episode on the end on, you know, Monday and then talk about some stories and stuff like that and some more experiences because I have a whole bunch. So that is why you're getting an episode. That's a long winded um, answer as to why you guys are getting an episode in the middle of the week. But this episode is there's a lot of personal things in this episode from both sides. There's us talking about animals, like animals and spirit animals. 
there's us talking about um, our experiences with different things. Uh, there's Courtney and Andrea actually trying to help me um, answer a couple of my own questions I kind of have always had. And one of the one of the things I loved, like I, I just loved about this conversation is I always talk about how I've had experiences that I feel like if I would say them to anyone or even on the show, that people might think they're a little too much out of the spectrum, like way too much in the left or right field or just just way out there, right? So it was really cool because Courtney and Andrea, like they have this very nice soothing way of no matter what it is, you talk about it with them. And you don't really find that with a lot of people. So this this episode and the content therein is really, it was very eye-opening. And it was, it actually really means a lot to me. Because it's the first time that I've been able to discuss some of the things that have occurred with someone. Especially even on this show. So if you guys do like the episode and you guys are okay with that that actually will kind of like help sort of guide me with how you guys might feel with me touching on more of it at a later date or you know throwing in a a different experience here or there because the other thing too and I've actually this is something I've really learned from a podcast that I love called this is where the magic happens they talk about everything like everything everything under the sun is in that podcast. And I love it because I walk away from that podcast every single time with the thought of, oh my God, this happens to someone else too. Or, oh my God, like someone else knows about this too. I never thought I would find that ever. And it's so, it's so wonderful. It's the same thing that I want everyone who listens to this show to get out of. So in like this one way, I feel almost kind of selfish holding back these like experiences that are really out there that someone may have had. But on the other hand, like I hold them back because I don't want to disturb anyone for t- from tuning into the podcast and feeling like, okay, I've been like listening to this person or, you know, if I've given advice to someone, they got it for, you know, they got it for me. Like, well, how... How can I almost kind of like, um, how can I believe this person now? I, I don't, I don't want to cause that in anyone. So it's kind of just nice to say in like the paranormal field, but it's kind of like all these things, like, I'm sorry, fairies and mythical creatures and things like that. They all fall into the paranormal field and whether you like them or you don't. And this is also part of why I'm very, very, I would love to make like super creative titles for each episode. But I don't, so that when you click on the episode, you know what you're getting. You know what you're listening to. And that way, if you don't like something, you can kind of pass by it. But that doesn't really happen for everyone. So I don't know. Maybe I'm building a mountain out of a molehill in my brain and overthinking the whole thing, which I do all the time. It's a possibility. Although there's there's now a voice in my head just screaming, do it. (laughs) So who knows? Maybe you guys will get it regardless. I don't know. Anyway, I hope that you guys like this episode. Uh, We will listen to a promo. We'll hear the sponsor. And then we'll get in the episode. And uh, I will have a message for you guys at the end. So see you soon. Hey, true crime fans. If you love cold cases, come check out my new podcast, Frozen in Time. 
Every Tuesday, I, Jocelyn Maxwell, release a new cold case episode. I try to get as detailed as possible while advocating for the victim, not the crime. I cover missing people, mysteries, and murders that haven't been solved. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify. Also, come on over and say hi at Twitter and Instagram, at FrozenInTimePod. Check out my website, where I give a list of episodes and other cool links at FrozenInTimePodcast.com. Or if you have a cold case idea, email me at FrozenInTimePodcast at gmail.com. Now, um, very, you know, smooth transition. Uh, I believe someone said something about fairies, and oh, and yeah. and someone's got some uh, awesome little experiences. So I would love to hear them. Sure. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about some. Uh, I guess more what you would describe as tangible experiences. I suppose, even though the things maybe aren't necessarily tangible themselves. Mm-hmm. Um. But if Andrea can start off with his experience with the fae, um, it's funny people kind of relate. Me, I've been told that, like, I give off some kind of, like, a fey energy. Uh, I just haven't seen them yet, so that's interesting. But um, Andreel has, so he can talk a little bit about it. Oh, fair enough. Okay, so uh, my experience with, like, uh, spirits and, and such is, I, uh, well, first of all, there's a wide variety of things. You know, it's different. We talk about the different layers of consciousness. When I work in ritual, a bunch of spirits and, you know, the, the gods and goddesses contact me very often. Um, the deities that have been the most forthcoming um, in my experience thus far are Hexkey, the Greek goddess of witchcraft. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jupiter. Jupiter always makes himself very known. Uh-huh. They, they always, the both of them always make their candles crackle and make noise. They're very straightforward with the yes and the no's and what it is they're trying to tell me. Um, Mars wasn't at first and now he, he is and I was actually having a moment where he was channeling and giving me higher messages i was mm-hmm. i work with a lot of mirror magic and i was i was working with a mirror that day as well i was i was transforming myself using the mirror as a medium and then i used it to spry afterwards and i was shown a bunch of other images um i had uh, um the saturn is also really cool though his i wouldn't recommend his energy to a newcomer um mm-hmm. his, uh, it can certainly be overwhelming uh and it can feel it can feel very it can feel dark in a very different way than people are used to the idea of what's dark mm-hmm. um i've seen um relatives have appeared to me in, in particular ways um sometimes in their regular corporeal form that i remember but one time my grandmother appeared to me as a floating uh pink lily I didn't know oh. that that was my grandmother's favorite color, uh, favorite color, um, favorite favorite flower, um, until I actually asked my mother about it because my grandmother died very early, and there were a few things that I, you know, there were things I obviously didn't know about her, um, and then I just figured it out by her simply appearing to me as that, um, which was bizarre, but uh, was a particular experience. There were also other. Uh, on this podcast, how uh, how honest can I be? Uh, Super. Can I talk about things that are that a tad explicit. Sweet, sweetheart, I have I have talked about random ass things. I had an episode where we were going on about ghost ghostly relationships and sex. You can dive in as much oh, as you want to. You're good. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, so there's something to be said about understanding um, uh, the role of sex and sexuality uh, when talking about magic and how to uh, channel that energy and rechannel it back into you um, and understanding your sex from a female versus a male standpoint. 
Um, I uh, so I work with uh, you, you know you masturbate and then you absorb that energy back into yourself and you focus on a particular thought or you focus on trying to talk to the deities or you ask the question you, you do something you let it follow and then you go into meditation and the meditation is it's semi-conscious it's it's you're awake but you're definitely drifting into a sleep as well and um, when I usually awake from moments like that um, when I come out of the trance there's what I see in the trance and then there's what I see when I'm awake and I'm actually up and able to move and it's still there and um a recent experience I had, and I've a few experiences like this, um, where I had, um, I where I I focused on that mental simulation, and I reabsorb, I visualized reabsorbing that energy back in, and then I focused uh, in meditation, and I was trying to communicate with higher powers and higher energy. And uh, when I had awoken from the trance, I was seeing a bunch of different colors of the chakras. I was seeing the higher chakras, you know, the ones that are outside of the body mm-hmm. in the Christ consciousness. I was seeing the, you know, the, the chakra. It's like as it's like the diagram in the in the celestial body. Um, and then when I had a, I had awoken, I was staring in uh, into my television that's in my room, and all reflective surfaces can uh, be. You know, act like any mirror, act like a portal. Um, though, depending on the, the physical substance, I would say determines how permeable that uh, portal will be, or if you activate it via magic or not. And I had seen this this owl that looked like it was made of like words and symbols, chasing a wolf. And the wolf is my spirit animal. So I was wondering if something was either after me, or if it was, or if it wanted me in a particular way, or if it was both. You know, one is not usually the absence of the other. You know, that's the thing, not separating good from evil, light from darkness, all that. And then, all of a sudden, I saw a bunch of cherub-looking fairies dancing around me. And they, they were it was very straightforward. I could draw them out for you. Um, and they were just dancing all over the place. Some of them were dancing on top of my bedpost. And, and you know, these things, they tend to appear in a way that startled you. So it, it's really developing the ability to be able to react to these things in and out of consciousness and not react out of... Um, like, okay, like, if you're bad, get the hell away from me. And if you're not, if you want to talk, let's talk. So, you know, those kind of experiences seem to grow stronger each time. Um, when you see people channel things or when you channel things that you had no way of thinking about, that's usually something that, you know, can say, okay, this stuff is going on. I've also spells that have gotten accomplished. Uh, I've helped certain people turn their life into a complete 180. You know, people who have had bad relationships with certain people, like in their family or with friends, I've been able to, you know, deities have communicated with me and help the magic move along, and I've been able to predict exact dates when things return to 180. Like this one young lady I know, she was very at odds with her parents. The parents were controlling her entire life. And uh, then one, uh, then on the day, uh, well, I was, uh, I was casting a spell for her, and the, the Celtic goddess, uh, Bridget of the Tuatha Dé Dan and, uh, contacted me through the candle and told me that she wanted to look after this girl. She wanted me to connect her with this uh, with this girl and uh, that uh, the magic will manifest on her holiday. And uh, if you're familiar with the Sabbath of Imbolc, that's the holiday of the goddess Bridget. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, essentially, um, she said, yeah, no, it'll all come to fruition then, but much like any other magic, it's going to get a little worse before it gets better. You know, that darkness before the dawn sort of effect, especially when dealing with purging of negativity. And the parents went from, you know, locking her down and turning the house into Saudi Arabia, 
mm-hmm. um, into letting her do pretty much whatever she wants uh, within reason. Gave her a box of condoms and told her to go to whatever with a boyfriend that they were forbidding her to see up until that day. So, you know, so it was, uh, I'll leave her name out, uh, you know, for posterity mm-hmm. reasons, but, uh, you know, you get the idea. And I've had plenty of moments like that. And, uh, and it's just constant reaffirmation of uh, that I'm on the right path, doing the right things. And it, it also helps that, you know, now I've, uh, I've also, now I'm having experience with Reiki. I'm combining Reiki with other styles of magic. Um, I'm going to try to master it within the next month. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been having, I've had a lot of uh, good experiences with causing people to have visions of their spirit animals or things that they need to fix in healing sessions, um, combining uh, metaphysical healing with physical healing techniques. I study reflexology. And when you combine magic with the physical and physical with magic, they become much more resonant and they create this sort of kundalini and domino effect, this sort of this Rube Goldberg of energy. So. <laughs> Um, those, those were a long-winded answer on my part, but I think you get the idea. No, I, I love it. Yeah. And I, I think that's really interesting. I, I don't, I understand what Reiki is supposed to be, but I met someone who, I used to go to an acupuncture in oriental medicine school. And it's really interesting that you brought up, you know, the masturbation and then the, um, sort of energy afterwards, because in, in Chinese medicine, when you have sex, it's a re, it's a reboot to your system. So it can really change the chi of your different organs, your heart, your brain, kind of put them a little bit more in sync, and that it really affects your energy. So I thought that was really interesting that you said that because it reminded me of the, uh, just the, one of the practices that we um, we went through in Chinese medicine, which was, you know, learning about that and just learning about how sort of chi and energy is supposed to flow and affect every single organ in your body and that when they're blocked, that's when you begin to have pain and sickness and all that stuff. And um, I remember... There's, there's been times where, and I do this like half weird conscious thing where like I'm awake, but I'm not really awake, but like I can turn and look around the room and I just don't really, I don't really feel like I'm 100% here. Like there's times like, like I've, I've done astraling and, and I know how that feels like, but there's, I don't know if it's, I'm now going to a different plane than normal, but like there's been tons of times where I woke up one day and I could have sworn I was with my husband and now my husband lives in Egypt. And so he's, oh, really? yeah, he's not really my husband yet, but we've been talking about marriage and stuff like that for like as long as I can remember. So I just call him my husband, but he lives in Egypt. <laughs> and there's been times where I wake up and I'm so surprised at where I am. Cause I could have sworn I was with him. I could have sworn I was not, here and it's like I'll wake up and it's almost like um the whole room is in this like weird white mist fog thing and there's like little like white it's almost like snow but it's not it's not cold it's not there's not any sort of sensation of temperature and it's like like just like raining down like little white orby thingies and that's where I think I I still am and 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 I'm, I'm not I'm in my bedroom now but I guess it's like a because now I'm only, like, half conscious, so, like, that feeling is still there, and maybe that's where I was. But I remember this one time, I woke up, and that happened, and my phone started ringing. (laughs) And I, the reaction I had to my phone was basically that it was a terrorist, and it needed to go away. (laughs) 
And I just kept wanting my phone to blow up. That's all I wanted. This was all I, I just wanted my phone to blow up so I could go back to bed and go back to this plane that I was in and this living little existence in my happy little bubble and right. for and to not be bothered. That's all I wanted. So as my phone is like ringing, it keeps like vibrating and like moving to like like it's gonna fall. And something like clicks in me that like Melissa, you keep wanting to destroy your phone. You keep wanting to destroy your phone. I'm like that's all you have. Like you need to you right. need to not want it to be destroyed. And I realized that I don't know if it was because I was still in that half awake state and and my intention was so strong for it to go away but from where it was if it would have dropped it would have broken not maybe severely but the screen would have cried and definitely would have stopped ringing <laughs> which was which was all I wanted and I had to realize like you need to wake up and go get your phone so I I kind of came out of this place and and I went and I got it and I I caught it before it fell off and everything's fine but I I don't really know I haven't been able to figure out what that is. I haven't been able to figure out why sometimes I feel so strongly that I'm not here anymore, that I'm somewhere else. And it doesn't it doesn't just happen when like I'm asleep. Like it happens sometimes when I'm driving. And I do yeah. know that I do have a conscience uh, ability with my spirit guides where there are certain times where they'll kind of, like I'm so tired and I need rest. And they're like, okay, you need to you rest now. And and I'm there, but I'm not there. Like, I'm yeah. still I'm still driving. I'm still watching the road. I'm still merging. I can still hear people. I can still talk to people. But my speech patterns will be different. My eyes will change colors. And I, when I come back, I feel amazing. I feel like I've been asleep for a good 10 hours. And it was only like a 10-minute ride. So, wow, so cool. yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I I remember I heard this story about this girl who she um she was driving and I guess she was wishing she could be somewhere else. And so then she seemed to she accidentally astraled herself out of her body while she was still driving. And so she was still driving. She was still driving, she was still fine. But her spirit corporeal form could see herself driving and was like what is going on? Oh no! <laughs> yeah, she's like, no, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> Put me back. <laughs> so then right, she was. Can you imagine? It's like the one time. This is not a good time. <laughs> but um, I don't, I don't really, you know, I don't know what happens, and I don't really know where I go, and I need, I need to figure out. And and I'm not I'm good at researching things when I have like the right definitions for them, but I don't have a definition for that. Like I don't know what it is. Desire to just yeah. seem to float away sometimes and I come back and I'm fine. I've not a clue what it is. I did it uh what was it? Yesterday, um, in the morning I was exhausted. Like this whole week I haven't been sleeping very well and I'm so tired. And and I've been really overworked and it's um I have hyperglycemia, so my blood sugar is critically really low. And so being overworked or not sleeping enough or being angry or simple things that you go through in your entire life affect me very strongly. Yeah. So, um, so I was driving to work and no, I was driving back home and um, I was so tired and I was just like, man, I just want to go to bed. And I was like, well, you can't like, you, you know, just make it home. And there was this car in front of me and he was driving erratically. And it was, it was, he would swerve on the road from left to right and, and, I knew I knew it was a guy, even though I couldn't really like see them. 
And um, I remember the car being like a certain color and the body shape of the car. And it seemed very dirty, like a, like extremely dirty. And he yeah. would like speed up and slow down and speed up and slow down. And I just, I was like, I really want to get away from this guy. But every time I would try, I couldn't. And then it was almost like I woke up, which was weird because I'd been awake the whole time. And it turns out that car wasn't there. There was a different car that was similarly doing the same exact thing. And I was like, okay, but I saw this car. I saw the license plate. I remembered the license plate number. I saw the stickers on the back of the car. I saw the windshield. I saw how dirty it was. I saw the color of the car. Like, this is not the car. And it got to the point that I was like, okay, did I like zone out again? <laughs> and, right. and maybe this car was there and merged over and because it was on the highway, merged over, exited. And I was like, no, between when I saw this car and when I'm now realizing this car, there is no exit there. There's nowhere for the car to go. The car was very clearly in front of me. So and I was like, what the f- what happened? <laughs> I still right, have yeah. no idea what that was. I was like, maybe it was like pre- a previous car that this person had because they were driving the same way this person who in who I saw was driving. Right. So maybe it was like a previous car or maybe they, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Yeah, it could have been some kind of energy thing. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing in the world. But but energy is like, energy is so interesting because it's all around us. And I've I've noticed that in these different moments and diff- especially like emotional energy, like I find that to be sometimes the most devastating and the most powerful energy because you can do so much with that so quickly. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like, and I mean it in, um, I write a lot. So sometimes, uh, sometimes I need to sit down and I need to write what's going on because I won't be able to talk about it. And, right. um, sometimes when, when I'm going through that sort of emotion or transference from going, you know, if let's say I'm angry to kind of understanding why am I angry and, and breaking that down and then you know, if there's a sadness factor going through that, like, it feels so strangely to me. And it feels so like, I, I, it feels like internal and also external, like, I, the way that it changes your body and how how your body functions to it. And even those around me, like, my dog will react differently. She, uh, she was trained to be a, a therapy dog, I think, at one point or something of the, of the other. But she, for some reason, she's really bonded with me and she's very connected with me. And so when I'm displaying different emotions, she explains the exact same emotions, which is creepy. (laughs) Yes. So I don't know if perhaps she picks up on the different like energy factors, but she, um, which maybe she does. I mean, she's a dog. They have different, you know, biological makeup. So maybe there's that, but she reacts to my energy sometimes before I even get a chance to. Which, yeah, you know, it's funny, that sounds like um, familiars and stuff, too. Yeah, and I, I don't, maybe she is one, because the um, the way I got her was really weird. I had, I had had my house broken into, and I had wanted to get a Great Pyrenees. I had researched what type of dog I wanted to get and why, because I wanted to make sure that I could give her everything she needed. And I, I didn't I didn't want a dog that needed, let's say, you know, to dig up the whole backyard and I don't have the whole backyard for you to dig up. I'm not going to let you do that. OK, well, I don't want the dog to be unhappy. So any right. animal, any whatever it was, I, I didn't want them to be unhappy. I wanted to make sure I could give them everything I, I needed to give them. And after my house got broken into, 
and I had chased the guy out and we started getting all this stuff to make sure that like that basically wouldn't happen again until my husband was like, we need to get a dog. Actually, I think he's the one who's like, okay, it's time to get the dog down. I was like, are you sure? And he said, yeah. So I started looking around and I found someone on Craigslist, which was not where I wanted to look for a dog. It was like, well, you don't know what's wrong with them, uh, especially yeah. if they're a low price. Like you have no idea. And originally there was one woman who she was talking to me about the dog and, and I was really excited, but I, I was worried about the dog because I thought it might be sick, but I was just like, okay, if I can make it get better, then good. You know, like e even if it is sick, if I can help it get better, like right. I'm okay with that. And then we ended up not meeting and I was, I was heartbroken because I had really yeah. connected with the dog. And then, um, then I, this other woman, I ended up contacting her and she was like, look. I only want $50 for your dog. And I was like, well, why, why would you like, I know how much these dogs cost in Florida. Right. They're, they're, they're showman dogs. Like they, they, they train them to compete. So no one pays $50 for, for right. this type of, no, not at all. Like the puppies alone are 1800 bucks. So, yeah, like, no. And so she told me she just couldn't take care of it anymore. She said she was uh, had had some back issues and my dog would knock her down the stairs and stuff like that. And I was just like, that's weird. I'll take her. So all I had yeah. to do, all I had to do was drive up to Georgia to go get her. I drived up there and I showed up and she, the dog came trotting right out to me, but she wouldn't let me pet her. And I was just like, that's weird. Um, and then the woman said something about like, oh, well, you know, you have to do, you have to give her your hand slowly. And I was just like, that's an alarm bell because most like, don't get me like I, it's not like I had moved my hand quickly. I had just lifted my hand up a little bit towards her and she ran off. I was like, what? Yeah, that's what I mean. No. And so my dad did that and she let, um, she let her pet her or she, she let him pet her. And so, um, we were talking a little bit, agreed to to take Emma and she said well why don't you walk around and one of the things the woman had told me was she doesn't let you walk around she doesn't listen she's extremely obedient like she just kept saying all this stuff about the dog and I'm like she seems like a great dog like I don't understand what the problem is so I walked around she like tried to pull me once I told her no after that she was fine we got her in the car uh she jumped right into the car had no problems she never once made a motion of saying goodbye to that woman not once she didn't cry. She didn't whine. She didn't bark. She didn't. She was just happy to go. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's weird. So on the way back, I was worried because she would. Uh, I know that Great Pyrenees is they will they bond with you and they, they can go a whole lifetime without bonding with you. So I was worried, like, you know, was she going to bond with me? It's both me and my dad in the car. She seemed to be messing with him a lot. Maybe she's going to end up bonding with my dad. And my dad is not the one who's going to take her. I am. He just came with me for protection. And I'm thinking all these things. She takes her nose. She puts it on the uh, little elbow rest. Nudges his arm off and takes her head and rests it right on my arm. And she just stayed like that the whole time. And I was like, okay, cool. And she bonded with me immediately. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe she is one. I have no idea. But she is super synced with my emotions. It is creepy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that whether, you know, somebody um, is a witch or, or whatever, I think the idea of a familiar definitely comes from, like, a certain animal bond. And um, I'm very much into animals myself, and I always believe that there's, like, a, a special connection you just have with certain pets. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, it's it's definitely something that's really special, and that's something that um, I've I've always looked for too. Um, I mean, I have a dog, and I adopted her um, later in life when she was ten. And uh, there's definitely signs that like she was abused and stuff, um, which mm-hmm. is really sad to me. Um, and I just never, I always get emotional about it because I never understand why people do that to dogs. Um, yeah. And she's a beagle, so they use them as test dogs because of how nice they are. Yeah. So um, I think that this lady just wasn't a good pet owner. Um, and the way that she left her, she left her without anything. It was just like basics, like here's a, her food and her cage that she was crate trained in and have fun. And like never contacted me or anything. But for oh, her, yeah. she's one of like the first dogs that I had that, that was mine. Like I, I wanted her and I chose to adopt her. So I feel like I have a connection with her. Andrielle definitely connects with her. And while she's had this whole other lifetime before us, um, I feel like, you know, we do have some kind of bond because she lets us pet her. She got used to certain things that she wasn't fine with before and you know she would always kind of like move weird or like shrink her head away if you move too fast mm-hmm. almost like she was used to being kicked or something mm-hmm. so now we can get her to like to lie on her back and let you pet her belly forever and she asks for pets all the time and like so I definitely understand like that bond and I mean it sounds like that lady just wasn't someone that she clicked with so for her of course she seems like a bad dog because yeah. She doesn't understand her. They're not getting along. And I feel like my dog's family before me was the same thing. They just didn't understand her. Mm-hmm. And so she aggravated them and they didn't treat her right. But now that she has people that just love her for who she is, it's more comfortable. Yeah. I mean, the way that you're describing your dog is exactly how Emma was. She, she, it took four months for me to be able to, because I carry my phone around all the time because I'm typically talking to my husband when I'm home. So right. if my phone was in my hand, I couldn't pet her with that hand, nor could I put that hand anywhere near her. She would freak out. And she just kind of like cower. And I was just like, sweetie, I'm not like, I'm not going to, you're okay. Like, you're fine. Everything's okay. And now she's, and it's so weird too, because she won't let, I, I think also perhaps maybe she doesn't like anyone or specific people to touch her because she's very quick. Like she will run up and investigate you. Right. But when you reach out to touch her, to pet her, she'll run away from you. She doesn't do that to me. And if she, if I let you in the house, and she she has she has to approve of you coming in the house. She won't approve of everybody. She'll let you in if I if I ask her to. But she will not always approve of people who come in the house. And um, if she approves of you coming in the house, once you're inside the house, and she's kind of felt you out a little bit, then she'll let you pet her. But when she first meets you, she will never let you touch her. If she does, you are, like, the prime stake of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dogs are always very intuitive like that, and I always, always trust, like, their feelings about people. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely understand that, and I'm, personally, for me, like, you know, Andrea was talking before about um, the kind of, of magic and things that align with him, and... I've always been really uh, connected to animals, and, and my one friend always told me that she thinks that I communicate on, like, the same plane as them, where mm-hmm. a lot of people don't necessarily reach to. Um, so a lot of things like uh, Native American shamanism and spirit animals, totem animals, things like that, have always connected with me. Um, I have, like, an animal totem tarot deck. That was the first deck I ever got. And mm-hmm. although people say to start off with, like, the Rider Waite, because that tends to be, like, 
you know, the generally accepted one to start off with. Um, I just was drawn to this one because I was like, look, I understand animals, so I feel like I'm going to understand this deck and really know how to work with it. And that just has been something that is, you know, very deep in my practice, and I'm more of like um, a practical magic user, where Andrea likes more of the, uh, I, I don't know exactly what you call it, not like a referral, but like, you know, just something that's like, it's a little more spiritual on like a spiritual plane and higher mm-hmm. things. I mean, I use Pete. practical magic. You do. I, I use yeah. both, but I'm, I'm interested in both, whereas you tend to be interested in one that kind of sits more in the realm of dealing with everyday life. Yeah, yeah. I'm very interested in like transforming my body and the ideas. Yeah. And mm-hmm. high, you know, healing on large levels and higher enlightenment. Yeah, for sure. Definitely stuff like that. And I think Building it's. Building worlds. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a lot of similar things. Um, we just tend to, you know, focus on, on our own individual um, practices. And I feel like practical magic seems to work for me because it's very earthy. And that's just been somebody uh, that I've always been. I've always connected to that. So, uh, yeah, I can I can really understand the animal thing. And uh, I really can't wait to be in our own house so we can really... I can have animals that I want. I can, you know, I don't have to worry about space or, or things like that. And um, I can work on connecting with them. And I think that that's always something that's that's really special. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a very it's a very rewarding thing too. Because a lot of the times I'll tell Emma, I'm like, you know, you're the only reason why I come home sometimes. <laughs> like, like I know it's so special. You're like, I just need to see them. Yeah, like she's she's. She drives me nuts. <laughs> and she's, um, you know, people always say the whole, um, their, their animal is their child. And I'm like, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I don't feel that way. My dog acts like a child. My dog, like, I do not baby talk my dog at all. I never have. I don't know why. I just felt like that was going to be a dumb thing for her. And she understands the words that come out of my mouth. Like, I'll just sit there and I'll say, like, a full sentence to her. And she just kind of, like, nods along. Or she'll yeah. smile, or she like it's the it's. I know she probably may not, and I like to think that she does understand it on some weird aspect. But um, I remember like I I brought her over to my parents' condo, and uh, my my mom does not like her. She thinks she's a beautiful dog, uh, but my mom is also very narcissistic, so she does not yeah. like the fact that I have this this animal that she can't um not control but basically can kind of like emma will give my mom a run a run for her money she will she will fuck with her just to fuck with her (laughs) like like when when the woman was talking about how emma almost pushed her down the stairs i was just like she would never do she no she doesn't do that to me she doesn't she's very respectful of my of my presence and where i'm standing in my place she's very careful with me she's very um it's like it's almost honestly like she respects me, which right. it might be sound weird, but it's that's how it feels. She does not respect my mother at all. And my mother, my mother, for all her non-believing ways, will say your dog does not respect me. And I'm like, well, she doesn't have to. She's not your dog. So right. she, um, Emma, or Emma was trying to do something at one point, and my mom was trying to block her, and Emma just literally walked by her, took her entire ass, and hit her. <laughs> So my mom, my mom then said she almost went down the stairs. She did not almost go down the stairs. She was standing near the stairs. Emma booty bumped her. 
my mother regained her place and then fell on her own. So she didn't fall down the stairs. She just fell a little bit. And she was blaming Emma. And I was like, Mom, I just watched you. Emma didn't do anything. So so my mom kept trying to yell at my dog. And I said, look, you don't need to yell at her. That's not your place. And I said, Emma. And she just tried on over, sat down, and she was fine. I didn't have to yell at her. I didn't have to, like, sometimes I'll just, like, when she does something, I'll just look at her. And then she'll, like, hang her head. And then she'll just, like, go lay down. Like, I don't have to yell at her. I don't have to, like, do any of that stuff with her. Like, she seems to understand whatever vibes it is I'm giving off. She just gets it. And so I don't have to go through all that stuff. And and no one needs to yell at her or needs to do anything. Does she get hyper sometimes? Yes. Does she want to play sometimes? Yes. She's a dog. (laughs) Like, that's what she's supposed to do. I understand that, you know, it's it's good to have that that kind of vibe because then it makes you really understand animals and connect with them. So there is no dissonance and there's no misunderstanding and there's no need to to get upset on such like a a deep personal level with them. It's just kind of like, all right, well, you're an animal. I can't expect you to be anything than what your personality is or who you are. And at the end of the day, dogs are, are loving, amazing creatures that are some people's totem and spirit animals, so it's just something to be respected about them. It's actually really funny you brought that up, because I was actually just about to ask you about spirit animals. Oh, yeah. Um, so it, it kind of depends on, uh, on who you ask. Like, I, I've read a couple of different things on it, and I'm definitely not an expert in any way. Um, but if you read, like, um, uh, Ted Andrews or... I have another, like, smaller book on spirit animals and, and my totem deck. Um, mm-hmm. Some people say that, you know, well, totems are usually what Native American tribes would pick to embody that animal's power. So if it's, like, a turtle, um, it's strength and patience. And, and um, if it's a wolf, it's, you know, that that respect and the commanding, the, the intensity and, and the leadership that a wolf embodies. And so those are things that the tribe would want to take in for their own, and they'd worship and respect the animal, and they'd wear its skins and do things like that to connect to them. And spirit animals um, are an animal that you are innately born with, almost like a spirit guide um, that comes to you that you have no choice over. It's just what is connected to you from birth, and um, they will guide you, and it's it's a certain medicine for you, but it's not something that... It's because it's not something you can choose. Some people get a little egotistical and they want it to be like a lion or something exciting. And it could be a mouse. It could be a chipmunk. It could be something that's small and people don't really think is this powerful animal. But if you're willing to work with their, their medicine and their magic, then you'll find that you're much more powerful than if you force a different connection with an animal. And totems also can be animals that come in and out of your life on the bequest of your spirit animal. So if your spirit animal is, uh, is a cat, like mine is, um, you know, I might have that energy naturally with me, but uh, I might need the energy of a rabbit or something to be clever and, and to be quick-witted to get through a certain situation. So my spirit animal could call on the totem to be like, hey, like, she needs this kind of guidance. Um, and then also, like, me and Andrea, we have different spirit animals. Um, his is a wolf, and mine is a... Yeah, his is a, a gray wolf, and mine is a cat. Um, we're leaning towards Lynx. Uh, I'm not 100% sure yet, um, mm-hmm. but we have done a few rituals and, and things to find out. Uh, but we are connected, uh, so our spirit animals could be each other's totems at some point. And 
we could have a connection with each other's spirit animals just because of how close we are and the bond that we have. So that's a little bit about them. <laughs> Wait, so so if you don't mind me asking, sure. can you talk a little bit about when you say that you guys are connected? Oh, yeah, sure. So um, we're, we're partners. So, you mm-hmm. know, we're, we're together and um, we just have, you know, I mean, a certain bond mm-hmm. that we're we're strong. I don't know. I don't know how to explain <laughs> it other than that we're partners and we're, we're lovers and that's kind of us. Are, are you talking from like a, how the spirit animals mesh together? Is that your question? Well, yes. Yeah. So, so when you're talking about like connections, I know people look at them as like in different ways. Like I know like with my husband, I'm connected. Like I do believe in like soulmates and I do believe that people do have soul partners. So I know my soul partners and I know the the difference of that and they're just people who I've gone through different lives with and so I have a comfortability with them that I may not have with someone who's a new person but with my husband I know that he's someone I've always been trying to find and and be with and that was that connection that I was missing and so we're connected in this um weird way where which sucks because he's like He's a skeptic, so he believes in stuff, and he doesn't really want to, like, talk about it, because it kind of goes um, a little, not entirely really against his religion, but just a little bit. So sometimes he becomes a little uncomfortable. He'll listen to me if I have an right. experience, and I talk to him about it, but he doesn't really, like, like to go there. But it's really weird, because he will block my freaking abilities, and it pisses me off. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so I'll, like, try to do something for him, and he'll he'll know that I'm trying to do it, or sometimes he doesn't. And he will, um, he'll be like, no, 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 like, don't worry about it. I don't, I don't want you to press yourself. And I mean, when he does that, it's like, it doesn't work anymore, which it could just be me going, okay, well, I want to agree to his wishes. And so let me not do that. But there's sometimes that he doesn't say that. And he just, it just happens. And I feel it's almost like a, like a, no, honey, you, you reserve your energy for yourself. I'll figure it out on my own type thing. And so he kind of just yeah. like, shuts that like kind of kind of almost like he's drawing a curtain. Like we do yeah. this thing a lot where, you know, and it'll make more sense because we're separate. So I'm here in Florida and he's in Cairo, Egypt. So there's a lot of times where I will get sick and I won't tell him right away when I got sick or not because we've got an eight hour difference. So I'm not going right. to send him a message like, hey, honey, like I don't feel well. I'll wait until he gets up or something. And then... A little bit later, he'll he'll tell me, oh, you know, he's got this, like, my symptoms will start disappearing. And he'll be like, man, I don't feel well here and there. And I'll be like, well, what's wrong? And he'll tell me, and it's the exact same symptoms I had that are now gone for me that he now has. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's where, like, I feel like we're connected in this way that I've never had that with someone else. So it feels like this very, very strong... um connection so when you were saying that like you and Andrea are are connected and your spirit animals are as well I was really interested because I'm like oh like I've never heard of of spirit animals also being connected like is it is it um because of your connection like are are you guys do you guys look at yourselves as like a, a soul partner or something too and that's why they're connected like I'm all super interested <laughs> okay well so uh attracting others is often uh, a combination of things. What it is you uh, need to find in yourself in your own way, things that you need to learn, um, things that will balance you out. Things are your 
you know, that are similar where they need to be and polar where they need to be. So um, I'd argue that everyone who is a couple that's supposed to be together, I'd argue that their spirit animals uh, react in a way that is uh, complementary or harmonious mm-hmm. in some way um, by symbolism. So, you know, a wolf is a canine and, you know, cats are felines. They have always tended to be representative of you know, the masculine aspect versus the feminine aspect. Now, wolves are a balanced combination of the two. Wolves are our, our types of medium. Cats tend to lean more toward a feminine sort of aspect. So by that logic, uh, it's a yin-yang sort of thing that kind of happens. You know, it's uh, Courtney, uh, there are things that Courtney needs to learn from the from the wolf and things that I, I the, the cat, you know, those different sort of ideas. Um that kind of go together, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, There are things that uh, often your spirit animals uh, are are each other's respective totems, in a sense. So, like, and we also have another friend whose spirit animal is the bear. Um, uh, So he's a totem of ours, you know, as friends, and how we create yin-yangs with each other. That's how all relationships are, whether they're platonic, romantic, or otherwise. Mm -hmm. I mean, I myself, I'm polyamorous, so I don't see just you know, one person. Courtney's the only person I'm seeing right now, but I can have different love and different affection and different uh, feelings for many different people. Some relationships are meant to be every day. Some are meant to be every so often. Some are meant to be one and done. They paint different things and they do different things. And, you know, it's, it's about acceptance and understanding your light sides and your dark sides and why they are the way that they are and how they go together. They're not separate. When you separate them, you live as only half of yourself. And that can be where the source of your problem is, and that might be what holds you back from higher magic, you know, things like that. So, um, I'm not actually really curious as, as to Courtney, if she's a twin flame or a, a soulmate or the, the concepts of such, but I know she is something quite special, and uh, no matter what, I'd always love to keep her around. We've been together for four years now, um, and, she, and she understands these things with me, you know. I had to be very clear about that from the get-go, because it's just... actually it does and i mean it it makes sense um i don't i don't know if i would ever really know what my husband's spirit animal is i don't think he i mean he's always been like his friends would always call him a wolf it's like one of his nicknames so he he would um they would call him like wolfie and so on as a play on that when we got together he calls me foxy which is hilarious because i don't I'm my spirit animal's not a fox. I know it's not a fox, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's cute when he does it. So, and I, I mean, it could certainly be totem. I mean, yeah. also known as like the medium of uh, of timber ecosystems. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, if you look mundanely, they tend to balance uh, stronger prey animals. You know, to so they don't overgraze, and when you don't overgraze, smaller prey animals can come back in. And you know, they keep uh, weaker predators at bay, like you know, like the coyotes and such. You know, they keep the coyotes and the foxes and all that. They, they keep the, that whole ecosystem balanced so more insects can come, pollination, and things can breed and grow. Um, there's a reason why they're associated, why they're a masculine animal, but they're associated with the moon. They're associated with, if you look in lore, 
you see they have positive and negative connotations. Mm-hmm. So, like, a commentary on the fact that they're a medium between light and darkness. They're associated with Odin, uh, the Norse god of wisdom. So, you know, things like that. It's really understanding these archetypes that are rooted in mundane versus arcane understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're able to make the deductions. Um, the wolf is a popular one. I mean, you know, when people think about that one, uh, many people uh, feel a connection with the wolf. Few people are wolves at the core. Um, it could be a possibility that those are totems for you, too, and that's what kind of uh, goes on, that your attraction is rooted in something that might be passive, not necessarily direct, you know, and that's where a lot of the core energy comes from. Like, like kind of like that with Zodiac signs, so some people are more like their moon sign than they are their sun sign, which is mm-hmm. why people get confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ideas like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I, I always think of him more as a bear. I've just always thought of him as a bear. That's one of my nicknames for him as a bear. So <laughs> that that's always like been my thought. And I know I have I know when it comes to my spirit animals, I have I I know of two. But I okay. feel like one of them one of them I don't know which it, it's a, it, one's female and the other one I don't really know what if it, if I was to like describe a gender I don't really know what it is it just is but one is clearly female um and I only know that because I gave her a female name <laughs> but um it's almost like she's generational like um oh, okay like family yeah like uh her like I've met her mother and I've met the mother like I've met her sister and so oh, like cool. it's yeah, it's really, I don't know if that's also part of, like, with the uh, past lives and things like that and being really connected, if it's almost, that's why I'm able to see the familial part. Because I, I just thought, you know, in my extremely limited <laughs> research of spirit animals, that because whenever I type it, you know, you type in spirit animals, you get every fring- every single test in the world to test yourself oh, for your spirit yeah. animal. And I'm like, I don't want to know that. I just want to understand. I don't want to, I'm good with that. I don't need that. So, but that one, she has the ability to shape herself into whatever is going to make me, whatever mindset I'm in at the time. Like for instance, I love dragons. So, so when I was younger and I was first getting into all this and I had no idea, the first time I ever saw her, she was, she basically looked like a baby lizard. And then she just kind of grew. And then she kind of looked like a baby dragon. Do I think she's dragon? I don't know. I, I mean, I have no idea. But she's... Hell if I know. She, she just <laughs> shapes herself into different things. And it seems like she she likes to make me laugh a lot. So you think that's why she does it? Is like to... to I'm a very... Um, I'm typically a very... Not controlled, but I'm very... Um, I try to keep my core of my personality to myself. So I wonder if perhaps the reason why she does that a lot is to try to get me to be more fluid and more free with my personality. But then the other one that I have, I just found out the technical name for it, which I don't know how to say. So I'm just going to call it like the grandfather of an anaconda. Like it is a huge ass snake. It's huge. And I don't like when I first looked at spirit animals, I'm like, I don't think I'm a I don't, I don't think mine would be a snake. I don't think my affinity is toward a snake at all. Like, not at all. But I do know when I started seeing this particular spirit animal, I was extremely depressed. I was extremely depressed. I was in a very dark state. And um, 
at first I was a little concerned because I was just like, you know, I was seeing all these other things. I had seen darker entities and I was just kind of like, I had never seen one that was an animal. But uh, yeah. we were we were talking about shields the other day and I would put up a shield. And so nothing negative or harmful can come in that shield, but she could. Um, yeah. And I'm just prefacing it as a she because I think it's it seems more emotional, like more emotionally guiding. And it would only really pop up when I needed, I needed protection and emotional guidance. So yeah. perhaps in that case, Angela, with, with what you're saying, maybe she's one of my totems. And so every so often my spirit animal goes, hey, she needs some. She's trying to be free and express her emotions. They're overwhelming her. She needs some help. Can you like slither in and do your job? And so literally it basically what happens is I will be laying in bed and it pretty much feels like this huge snake is now overlapping my body and will cover the entire bed and will just stay there. And I will feel so happy and so warm and I will talk to it and I will cry and I will just feel it's like I can cycle now through everything I need to cycle through. Um, yeah, well, snakes are definitely a, a symbol of, of the cycle. Yeah, cyclical nature. Are you familiar with Orboros, the snake eating its own tail? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a reason for all that symbolism. There's a reason for the symbolism in the tarot. Uh, when you see the snake in the lovers, um, there's a reason for that reference to the story in Adam and Eve. I mean, the, the, mm -hmm. snake, is a, the snake is another example of, a, of an animal in antiquity that has... Uh, polar a polarizing meaning to it you know some people fear it whereas other people like embrace it um uh, my question to you is how is your how is your self-esteem relating to your dark side of what you would consider the darker sides of your personality so do you mean darker as in depression negativity or do you mean darker as in like like so I look at darker in two different ways. I can see it as like a seductive sort of like when you would think of almost like evil, which I I don't think that's what you're talking about. But that way, or do you mean like a negative emotional state of mind? Uh, how about all of the above? Okay. Dark, dark could also mean dark could also mean primal. Um, you know, things that motivate you primally. Like a good example I like to use is uh, like um, like why people would have a partialism for let's say a certain body part. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's from a sexual standpoint. Technically, people could say that's a dark side because it's something that's not necessarily in the light. It's not necessarily formulated with words. It's just you were born with this attraction, and that's a thing. You know, this is a preference. So it's easy to relate it to sexuality, but it can also be other thoughts, other motivations, why you do certain things. So all of the above, really. <laughs> okay, so my spirit is very dual. It's very, and I'm also a Gemini, which I've always, it was funny when you guys were talking about how some people are more in line with their moon sign than their sun sign. And I've never felt like when I look at horoscopes that I'm in line with the Gemini at all. However, the one thing I am in line with is the duality. Every single one of my spirit guides or like the past lives, they always have a duel. It doesn't mean that they're always around at the same time, but one will be more aligned to, um, like a purity and innocence, a want to experience life, but a little too cautious to experience life, more like what you would think of like as this overly light side. And then the other one will be freeing and taboo and, and just comfortable in their own skin and comfortable to experience life. And those are like the two, like I know there's one that she was a belly dancer. And she, it was, she was a gypsy. She went around with the gypsy camp many, many years ago. 
and she slept with a ton of people. She had a grand old time and then she died. And I know how she died because I woke up one day and I felt it. It was great. And then I have another one who like is the purest essence of sunshine I could ever think of. So I, for, for me, um, when I was in my negative state of mind and I was um, depressed, I, I, I went, I lived in an abusive household. So I originally, when I was a kid, I had great self-esteem and, and the person that I was as a child, it's actually really weird as a person I'm trying to get back to, because I feel like that was the truest form of myself. I was very wise. I was still respectful and everything like that, but I had this personality that felt so free. I think if like you were looking at that duality, it would have been that almost what someone might call the negative taboo type of thing. Like, like I wanted to experience everything and get into everything and I was sarcastic and, but I loved and I loved so hard and openly and freeing that it was beautiful. But as the abuse started and continued, my self-worth went down the drain. I thought the only thing that I was supposed to do was make other people happy. So that's what I was told. I was told I'm only alive to make other people happy. And so I embodied that. So my self-worth went out the window. Now, the thing, though, is as there's duality and as I shared earlier, every single one of my past lives have had some sort of ability. There is a past life that has the ability to destroy. She is adept at destruction. Like, and not in, um... Not in an evil way. Like I used to be concerned that it was evil. And I was like, this is a this is part of who I am. Does that make me partially evil? And then I had to realize like it's not that she enjoys destruction. She understands that destruction is needed for rebirth. It's kind of like the whole people's thought process about winter or the crone. So it doesn't mean that winter the crone is evil because everything dies. It has to to have rebirth. So she yeah, looks that actually like, might be why you're connected with the with the snake. I would say maybe that has to do with that particular spirit guide because it's very similar it's like um it sounds like your dark side to me yeah uh, the reason yeah. why i was asking is because i'm just wondering if there was like a dichotomy that one kind of does it mix with the other well do you keep mm -hmm. them separate or do you live would you say you live in a way that's kind of balanced between the two people tend to find people like me to help them uh face their dark side so they can combine it with their light side and then transcend themselves instead of living as uh two separate people I th only half of each other's power. I think now, I think that they're combining. And um, that is a large part because of my husband. But I think, like, beforehand, I was very... I had basically just closed my entire self almost in, like, a barred tool shed and said, no one's allowed to see this person. And okay. so that was completely closed away. That was completely closed off. And now... Self-denial. Yeah, like, I, it, was, it was really bad. Um... But now, even at the start of this year, um, in a most recent episode, I talked about the fact that I was questioning if I should ever go into therapy. Because, you know, sometimes, like, I hear all these great, like, self-help um, quotes and stuff like that. And I was like, man, it would be really good to have those tools in my arsenal. And something in me was just like, you don't need that right now. Later, sure, if you want to, okay. But you're, you're, you're on your right path. And actually, um, Courtney, I think I had, that was when I, I had done a tarot card reading and I was, I was just concerned if I was on my right spiritual path because I felt yeah. like I had gone through so many ups and downs and I had closed myself off and opened myself back up. And it, instead of 
thinking I would go several steps back. It was like I picked back up right at where I had left off. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to make sure that I was going in the right direction. And basically, like, at the ending card, I got the High Priestess. But oh, yeah. the whole thing was very, um, you have some stuff basically that you need to overcome. You're going to have some trials and tribulations. But yeah, you're on your right path. And at the end of this, like, you're going to be awesome. So just keep pushing forward, keep going forward and keep moving. And lately life has been very spiritual. Like this podcast, I mean, um, I told my husband, I was like, there was times where I really doubted doing the podcast because it was just like, okay, well, you know, I wanted to do it for people's stories and their experiences, but I wasn't really getting many. And so I thought, well, maybe this isn't really something people are ready to talk about, you know? So what happens? Like, should I really be doing this? Is it like, bad if I'm talking about my own experiences because I'm also talking a little bit about my abilities is that bad and that's something that I used to never do so that's opening up a brand new door like is this the right thing and it's like anytime I would have that thought boom another interview boom like I get this great idea boom this experience happens like boom like it was like every single time it was like the universe was like for real would you just stop and do it yeah. So I just yeah, got, no, I, I yeah. totally understand that as well. <laughs> yeah, it's like you get to this point where you're like, all right, universe, I get it. Like, cool. So now I don't doubt it anymore. And it's just been like this really, really great thing. But I almost feel like this podcast in a way is is part of my spiritual path. Because yeah. I've gotten people who have written me emails and have asked me for guidance, and I am by no way or means, you know, the most researched or the most anything. But I will use my abilities. They'll just kind of kick in as I'm reading the email and I'll go through and I will give the person the best advice that feels right. And I was able to finally, like, there's one person, he um, found me out of nowhere. And he even told me, he was like, it's really weird. I heard your voice. And immediately I was just like, this is who I need to talk to. And I, I've learned that people who are searching for their spiritual selves or they're getting um, higher or they need help getting higher, even though I don't think I'm anywhere near there, they seem to have that comfort level with me automatically. Um, so I was able to finally, he, he wrote back to me and we've been talking maybe for like a week and a half now. And he was able to finally get what he needed and he got it on his own. And I was just like, there you go. Like, I'm so like, I was so happy to hear that. And it's like, if, if that's what I can do by having this like medium, well, yeah, it makes sense that this is me opening up my spiritual path because that's what I always thought I was supposed to do. I thought I was supposed yeah. to help people spiritually. I just didn't know how. Yeah, I mean, that's similar to me um, and Andrea as well. I feel like people definitely find him, um, <laughs> you know, whether whether he looks for it or not. Um, they're always looking to him for, for healing things. And again, I feel like people then search me out for more of the, the practical end of stuff, the more informational things. Um, more to do with, you know, like, readings and, and stuff like that. Um, Courtney is certainly a guy that you can go to that's not, uh, let's say, fanatical and, and, and appearing. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you, you can approach Courtney like, oh, okay, oh, so this, this is a regular person. This is mm -hmm. a regular, this is a person that doesn't seem like absolutely bad shit. <laughs> Yeah, I've been uh, I've been told I'm I'm very like uh, calming, personable, yeah, and it's actually funny because completely out of any sort of occult thing, um, in the mundane world, I had a um a review at my job, like now an evaluation, 
Mm-hmm. And my boss, who hasn't known me that long, um, was like, yeah, you just bring, like, this calming energy to, like, staff meetings and rooms. And she's like, thank you for that. Like, you know, you don't really find that that often is really appreciated. And I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's kind of why people come to me. It's almost, I would say, um, funny enough, it is actually kind of the way you would approach an animal, I think, where you're like, you know, like a therapy animal. They're like, oh, it's mm-hmm. calming, it's nice, like, this animal makes you feel relaxed and happy. And then if you want to get more existential and, and into crazy, like, conversations about things, you would definitely find Andrea for that and, and to reach into that existential plane. So I think we have a good balance there where uh, somebody could essentially come to us for, for both things and for a good balance because we embody either side while also being able to cross over into mm-hmm. the other person's, like, plane and what they're good at. Yeah, I mean, you definitely, you've kept me company a couple of times while I've been at work, and um, my work environment is extremely negative. It's very, very bad. It's very toxic. And I'm going to be honest with you, like, whenever I've gotten, like, the chance to, like, talk to you, and even, you know, it's a quick, like, couple sentences back and forth, like, it's definitely very calming. You you have that... Um, that that ability and presence exudes from you, especially in social media. Like it's so, it's very clear, super clear. All right, guys. I hope you liked that episode. So, like I said, there's tons of personal stuff, tons of chit chat. But Courtney and Andrel and I, I really want to give them a shout out, even though they're in the episode. So, uh, they're already gonna be tagged and everything on all social media and. Their show will be in the show notes, but I want to give them a shout out because I have been talking to him a lot on Twitter and Courtney's just, she's so sweet. She's so sweet. And I get to talk to her a little bit more than I do Andrea, but both of them are just, they really complement one another very well and they're so open and so kind and knowledgeable and they always make time for you. Like, always. Like, no matter what, like, they always make time for you. And, and not in just, like, a, oh, you know, how I, I, my day's busy, and so I want to make time for this person. No, no, no. I mean that, like, whenever you send them a message and they respond to you, it feels like they put all of their time and all of their attention in that message. It doesn't feel like, oh, I'm just, like, you know, gonna write this real quick and then, like, go back to what I'm doing, which I'm sure, you know, maybe what they do. But it, doesn't, it never feels that way. Like, when you speak with them, you have their full attention. And that's so... You don't... You, it's so rare to find in someone. You, you rarely ever get it. Because we're always rushing and running around and doing all this stuff that we unfortunately just sometimes don't think we have time. And I also want to give a shout out to Jennifer, who is from Haunted Happenstance. She's been amazing amazing an amazing person a complete and utter sweetheart and um she just got to 5,000 downloads so if you guys want to hear a spooky beautiful haunting and soothing podcast it's an audio drama it is written so well and depicted so well and just Please go listen to her. Please, 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 with every exclamation mark I can find in the world, go listen to this girl. Because she's amazing. 
So that is all I've got for you guys today on the podcast front. If you could send in your story. We've been getting a lot of stories ever since the Poltergeist and Sliders episode. And I am so fucking thrilled. I am so thrilled. I, I, it makes me so happy. I have the dumbest smile on my face (laughs) right now. I'm so thrilled. Thank you guys so, 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 so much. Um, you know, keep sending it in via email or go to the website at thehauntedride.com. I've been having a lot of interactions with people on social media who have reached out about hearing their story on the show or, um, just talking to me about experiences or dreams or things like that. And, and it's been, it's been amazing. Like I really just, thanks guys. I know I say it every, every episode. I think I should have changed this to like the thanks ride instead of the haunted ride. <laughs> but thank you guys so much. We also have a review. Uh, it looks like I think someone rated the podcast, which thank you, which That was what I was trying to explain a couple episodes ago, where, look, I'm I'm new to this myself, so, because I always subscribe to, I never listen to podcasts on iTunes. I always listen on my podcast player, or I, if I'm at work, I'll go to the actual website, like their actual website, and listen to an episode from there. So, I did not know until a couple weeks ago that you could just rate and not review a podcast so i think someone else rated and then we got another review from a paranormal checks which if you guys haven't listened to their podcast go listen it is terrifying and hilarious all at the same time the hosts are great they do a great job with their uh content the production and i think they keep things light at the right time and also keep things serious at a good time and, and they just, they really, like, have good chemistry. They're very clearly themselves, you know? They're the truth version of themselves on the show. So they left us a review, and it says, The listeners are definitely taking on a haunted ride each episode. Buckle up, keep your arms inside at all times, and whatever you do, don't look behind you. I love it. That should be the tagline on some type of merchandise. Love the stories on the podcast and love hearing personal ghost encounters from the host herself. So, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for that. I really appreciate it. And go check them out. I'll have them in the show notes. Also, I noticed that when I posted the show notes on the website this time for episode 21, it seemed like a lot of people went and looked at it. So thank you. I hope that you found that useful. Um, I know people transcribe the shows and I've sort of thought about doing that, but at the same time, I'm a little scared <laughs> that I'm going to realize. I already realize how often I say like, especially when I get excited. So I feel like if I transcribe the audio, there's going to be a lot of things I'm going to want to admit. <laughs> so I haven't done it yet. <laughs> and I don't know if I will. Um, but yeah, it seems like you guys are liking the show notes. So I am really, really happy about that. You guys also seem to be liking when I post random stuff on the blog. So I, it makes me really happy. Um, but yeah, that's all I've got as far as the business side goes. And the thing that I've learned this week, (laughs) 
Okay, so what I've learned is actually kind of funny. <laughs> um, and it's it's not a self-care thing in like the normal like emotional mental way. It's a self-care thing in the spiritual way. So it is the fact that I, you know, when I first started this podcast, I said to myself, well, crap, eventually I'm going to run out of, you know, exciting stories, right? You can only tell like about a certain entity so many times or like, you know, a certain experience so many ways. And, and, you know, I want, I wanted every single experience and I still do any experience that comes up. I want it to feel like a continuation of what's going on, right? Like a continuation of my journey through this so that it hopefully helps you. And also just to help share knowledge and advice if I can. And so I was just like, well, this is going to be a problem because eventually I'm going to run out of stories. And then what am I, what am I going to have? Um, ever since I opened myself up, not so much. I now actually, I've had to make a lot, like I made a log of all my previous experiences. So that way I could go through and, you know, whatever I remembered over the years, tell it to you guys. Like I remember, if I just write certain keywords, I remember what experience it is I'm talking about. And that's enough for me. Um, I now have to keep a running log on my phone, uh, for all the experiences I've had just in the past week. It's been very active and sometimes it's confusing because I am lucky enough to have the ability of premonition or precognition. And I'm also lucky enough to sense things and sometimes get visual cues. So sometimes I feel something or see something and if something happens right away and I'm getting other cues and other emotions and other senses let's say it's very hard to distinguish did that thing occur with this or did it occur outside of this will it occur with something else sometimes it's really hard but I think what I've learned is that it's two things. One, sometimes if I'm not sure about sort of the whole game of what belongs, what doesn't belong, to kind of weed it out a little bit, because instead of trying to figure it out, because sometimes when I try to figure it out, it doesn't really um, go together, which I think applies to sort of everything in life, right? Sometimes when you push something to try to figure it out because it's annoying you and you, you want to figure it out because you felt this feeling and clearly it, it was important for you to feel this feeling and important for you to get this like vision. So where does it go? And like you, you want that, like you want that to figure it out. You want to resolve it basically, right? Like it happens with anything, any problem, any, it doesn't have to be spiritual, anything. Like if you've, if you've got a puzzle don't you want to solve it? Like, it's the same thing, right? So sometimes you just got to like wait it out. Sometimes you just have to like back off. Be like, I know I need to resolve this thing, but I don't know where this, this, this puzzle piece goes right now. Let's just shove this to the side for a second. And it's still going to be there because you're still freaking nagging me about it. And we'll put it together later. The second sort of part of this that's really amazing for me is that all of this right now just feels like a blessing. All of it. I don't think I've ever sat down and felt so good 
and right and positive about a part of where I am right now. I don't think I, I, it feels very healthy. My, my spiritual sort of reawakening feels very, very healthy. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it gets on my nerves and I'm like, would you shut up? You're driving me nuts. But like, it's never in a negative way ever. It just feels so good. And I think also the fact that I went years without that feeling is part of what always makes it feel that way. And um, I just, I think it's really beautiful when you find yourself in a healthier place. It doesn't mean that you've like achieved like your maximum healthiness and, and whatever it is, but you find yourself like getting to that spot and you feel comfortable and positive and you feel like this is the proper place for you to be and like you almost just feel like you want to thank the universe for like this gift that feels so good especially if you haven't had it for a really long time and that's the place that I'm at and that's the place that I hope you get at and everyone gets at like you know explore it, it sit down and look at your life, and look at your experiences, and if you don't like something, and it doesn't make you feel good, I mean, I'm not sitting here and telling you, like, up and leave your job, that's not what I'm saying, I'm saying, like, sit down, and let's say your job is crap, you know, make, you, you know, making a list sometimes is great, making a list of the positive things, and the things that you want to need, and the negative things, and the things that you know do not serve you, like sitting there and making that list and sometimes really like analyzing helps you know whether you need to make a change or not. And I feel like this is sort of like a period of time where like everybody's going to have to start making some changes because I know the first part of the year, there was so much negative negativity on social media. Like I had to back off. Like I had to, I had to not pay attention to social media for a while. And, um, it was social media, it was like everywhere I went, I just heard this stuff and I was like, the year just started, like, I want to be in this super positive place and this is all I'm hearing. And, and it's like, I don't, that's not what I want for myself, nor do I, I wish that other people could not be in that place too. And I feel like something's changing right now where you have, like, if you needed that pathway to be open, it's about to be, so get ready. Like, that's just how I feel. And I don't know if any of this will help you get there, but just know that you can and know that life is way too short for you to be fucking miserable all the time. Like, stress will kill you. Overworrying, being overwhelmed, being overtired will make you sick and kill you. You deserve so much more than that. And no matter, no, no matter what part of your life it's in, you deserve so much more than that. So you see what I did there? I took a, I took a spiritual thing and applied it to everyday life. You see, I'm getting, I'm getting much better at this like smooth transition shit. I'm getting much better at it. <laughs> but anyway, guys, take care. Stay safe. Love yourself. Love others. Be positive. Wear a big smile on your face, laugh a lot, and um, just have yourself a great day. Have yourself a great time. And as we always say, don't let the ghost get you. Bye. <laughs>